Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Today in Space. This week, we're going to be talking about movies, we're going to be talking about sci-fi, we're going to be talking about music, and why John Williams is probably responsible for most of your imagination, and couldn't do that without my good friend, John. So, uh, welcome back, John, to the show after a long hiatus, and enjoy a super long hour-and-a-half episode, jam-packed with all that stuff, including tons of tangents. So before we start, I just have to remind you, if you want to help support the show, go to our Amazon link, either on this week's episode or on the homepage at today in space forward slash home and do your shopping like normal and you help support the show. It's that easy. It doesn't cost you anything. And don't forget April. We're going to be talking about Pluto, 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 all Pluto. It's the April of Pluto. It's going to be amazing. We're going to have uh, everything that these new scientific papers have come out and even more. So look forward for that. And in May, we're going to have tons of interviews with a bunch of my friends and just, you get to meet some really interesting people that uh, I don't think you'd ever have the chance to meet otherwise. So enjoy that. Enjoy this episode and have a great week. Can't wait to see you guys in April for Pluto. In space. in space. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the show. This week we have my good friend John back on, and we're going to talk about some sci-fi music. So, welcome John. Hello again. How's it going, man? Uh, pretty awesome. Yeah? Pretty awesome. Good. Good. I'm, dude, so we were just talking, <laughs> uh, I was trying to find a coaster because we were making a whole bunch of noise. We poured ourselves some beers, enjoying our, ourselves here. Cheers. And uh, I was trying to find a coaster so that it doesn't ring through the, the microphone. And we both... Like that. Yep, just like that. So we both pretty much just pulled out our phones because that's, that's what happened. Our phones have become coasters. Yes, we can make calls, <laughs> text. We can put things on our phones. Prevent stains from our tables. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It does everything. What, what would we do without Apple? I, I don't know. Wait, who makes your phone? Uh, my phone? Uh, I think it's Samsung. Dude, ah. Samsung coming out the gate, TVs to phones. When did, how did that happen? I did read there was a review, uh, Consumer Reports. The best reviewed smartphone ever is Ooh. the new Galaxy phone. So, Damn. suck it, Apple. Hey, you know, sometimes you gotta you gotta get bit in the ass a little bit before you change up, change your mind. You know, That's before true. you stop doing what you're doing. You know, though, they wouldn't have gotten there if Apple. Wasn't right there pushing oh, yeah. them, right? You know, no, definitely competition. Definitely. Well, that's that's the beauty of competition. Like, and, and I don't understand why people are so against competition. It's like it's like why wouldn't you want more than one person fighting to to get you the best product, right? Because otherwise, they're going to get complacent and they're going to be like, ah, we'll just this is what they want. Let's just give them that. It's like no, show me something new. You know. Hmm. Verizon is like, eh, they, they don't want any good channels. They want to pay this much. They'll only have to go up against Comcast. Is and, that so? <laughs> and they're actually not even in this town, so we actually are the only option. Mm. Yeah, that happens a lot. That happens a lot. But let's get back. Let's get back to... Uh, let's get back to coasters. Coasters. Yes. Coasters. yes. No, so not coasters. phone <laughs> is a coaster. 
that's our smartphones. This is a first world problem without a doubt. Um, but anyways, uh, wanted to sit down and talk about music, man. It's been a while. Um, we haven't, uh, we haven't worked on the album as much as we'd like to, but you're a manager now. It's true. I'm, it's true. I'm almost a manager. Yeah. I guess we're all almost a manager. Well, it's weird. It, it, things, it, it's so weird. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm getting older or if I just have more things on my plate. But uh, it's it's finding this delicate balance of getting shit done. It's just like, okay, I have this many hours in the day. <laughs> how how am I going to use this well? And with the, you know, how much more I've put into the show, it, it's just like, it's just crazy. Uh, sorry, I'm just making sure the levels are new here. Because this, this is your first time on the new sound system. It so. is. It is. What do you think? So far, so good? Yeah. Yeah, nothing's, it's got more power. nothing's caught fire yet. No, this is great. No, this isn't a uh, <laughs> uh, home improvement uh, <laughs> <laughs> upgrade. Tim Mellon's not going to uh, blow this thing up um, by adding way too much horsepower to it. Because I mean, why not? But uh, <clears throat> so yeah, uh, the past few weeks. So I've been super busy at work. We, we all have been, and uh, one of the things that's been kind of going. I, I tried audiobooks for a little while. Because mm-hmm. uh, I needed something else just to kind of stimulate me. Uh, wasn't getting enough brain food. And then I went back onto Spotify and was trying to find some new music. And I came across this album from... It's a, it's a whole John Williams album. And it's John Williams conducting the Boston Pops Orchestra. Okay? And it's got... The whole album like is is Star Wars, Star Trek, Battlestar Galactica, um, E.T., the planets. I mean, it's it's the most amazing compilation. If you love John Williams, if you love the Boston Pops, if you love space movies, I mean, they, I think the alien theme is even in there. Like, it's if you incredible. just love music, like, that too. There's no reason not to like this album. Oh, it, it's it's incredible, and, and the link for it. Um, for Amazon will be there, and I think for Spotify too. Um, so go, go check it out. I mean, look look at this week's information and seriously listen to that album. It's incredible. And I mean, one of the things really I was thinking about when I'm listening to it is, is John Williams... Ooh, what was that? That was our coaster. Oh my God, my coaster is buzzing! <laughs> um, Isn't it amazing what coasters can do nowadays? <laughs> They're so complicated. <laughs> Why can't we just have old coasters like the good old days? Um, but is John Williams our centuries, our lifetimes, like equivalent of like a Mozart or like one of those guys? Because if you think about it, he's been involved in almost every major movie, especially science fiction, of our childhood. And a lot of other people, like, starting from Star Wars, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, he's basically had the soundtrack for so many people's imagination. It's crazy. It's funny how we didn't really talk about this going into it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> there were obviously uh, so many incredible musicians that lived in the 20th century. There's mm-hmm. probably more musicians that lived in the 20th century that were prominent mm-hmm. than all of time before that. And, and, and it's okay because... 
that's when the music revolution really took place. You know, right. we had radio and things like albums and microphones. So mm-hmm. naturally, this is when you're going to develop the best musicians. Mm-hmm. He was the best. No, yeah. ooh, ooh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. He's still very much alive. I don't want to say was. <laughs> we're, we're talking breaking about, news. We're talking about past century, um, <laughs> right? But uh, you know, there's so many others across genres. Mm-hmm. But he goes across genres too, and he goes across decades and just so many different formats. I really think he is the greatest musician that I've ever had the pleasure of living with. Nope, not living with. Well, living kind of. during the same time. You can give yourself credit for that. I mean, I did sneak into his house that one time. <laughs> he didn't know it. Uh, yeah, man. I, I mean, I was thinking about it, and I'm, I'm actually going to pull up here. Sci-fi movie theme song? Now, we talked about this before. Boston Pops, that album that you were talking about. Yeah. So he's obviously connected to the Boston Pops. Uh, he was their conductor. Yeah, um, you were telling me about that. I'm not sure if it was like full-time, part-time. Uh, Arthur Fielder, yeah, he was the f- – not the founder, but he was the biggest Boston Pops conductor uh, early early 20th century. Mm-hmm. But Williams did it basically throughout the 80s, which is when he was really most well-known. You know, mm-hmm. he did E.T., did all the Indiana Jones movies. Yeah. So many recognizable themes – that yeah. are just like part of society now. Well, it's it's interesting. Like, eighty the eighties is known for at least movies wise, and and you're probably a better film buff than I am for this. But like, the eighties was either some of the best movies that you've ever seen or ever will see, compared to some of the worst garbage ever created. Well, we were talking earlier. <laughs> it's really, and it's it's not easy ever to make a movie, mm-hmm. but it's a lot cheaper now and in Mm. in the 80s as well as it was just a couple decades before so Mm -hmm. we had this uh you know reinvention of the movies where hey look we can do more than one movie in a year and this is what directors and Mm -hmm. writers all these people are thinking of Mm -hmm. and it really sort of spiraled downwards for that whole industry yeah and it's really because so we we were talking about (laughs) we were watching we're talking about the naked gun and just how amazing that movie is. And then we move to uh, Top Secret, which is another great comedy of that same era, which I think is with the same comedy uh, group. But I, I could be wrong. Um, and, like, they do so – those those two movies in particular, they do so much with so little. Like, it's all just funny, like – It's slapstick. It's slapstick, but it's also, gags. like – Stupid gags. And, like, even just the film work, it's just creative. And, right. Like, you can tell that movie was not high budget, but that's where you get a lot of creativity is when the money's not involved. And I think what ended up happening was movies started, they were always a way to make money, but it was more of a creative thing. And then it became this money-making thing. It's a commercial so get, thing. A now, commercial thing. You know? So then, you know, you've got the people who are trying to hustle, who are trying to make money, who aren't necessarily looking for the creativity. And then you get some weird movies. Um, and then you get to today where you've got the problem of the internet where, you know, for a long time there, people just were just ransacking the internet for movies. Um, we're all guilty, all right? Um, if, if you think you didn't, then I, I don't know what to tell you. I'm so but, sorry. I'm so <laughs> sorry. <laughs> We've learned our lesson. But what happened was the movie industry went to shit because nobody was going to these things, and then they had to, and this 
I'm repeating from what I heard someone else say, but someone the other day was saying that like you either have a super high budget movie or you have a movie that is like an indie film. Like as far as like how much they're paying for that movie, how much a budget that movie has. So, I mean, but that's, I don't know if that's the fault of, you know, it's, it's a lot of things fault, you know, it's not, there's no black or white. It's your fault. It's my fault. It's all your fault. Shame on you, Alex. How could you do this to the movie industry? Um, it's, it's okay. I won't be apologizing. You've been forgiven. Okay. Well, that's, that was, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) It's a huge relief. I'd like to thank the Academy. Um, oh wait, no, I, I ruined it. Never mind. Um, <laughs> uh, but going back to that, unless, unless you have a final thought on that before I go back to John Williams. No, let's go on to John Williams. Okay. I can't wait. So here's a list of a list of the top 10, uh, John Williams scores. So number 10, this, this is a, this is according to billboard. Yeah. According to billboard. Thank you. Um, 10 is Saving Private Ryan. You know what? That, you've seen that movie. Yeah. It's yeah, unbelievable it's movie. Incredible. I was never blown away by the score. Even being mm-hmm. a, a, an absolute John Williams fanatic, score just never did it for me. Well, and that's I think that's something that's going to relate to almost everything we're going to talk about in this episode is like a lot of these movies, especially science fiction movies, which we're going to get more into, but we're on John Williams right now you don't really listen to the score in most of these movies, but they're there and they're crucial, especially for science fiction. Like you have to have a good sounding either score or some kind of, uh, just sound design. You need sound sound. design. Yeah. You need need to have good ones because you have crappy ones. Your movie sucks, you know? Um, I don't remember where I was going to go with that. But anyways, <laughs> let's continue. Uh, so Saving Private Ryan, number nine, Harry Potter. I mean, whether you love it or not, I mean, everyone knows that score. And uh, as being a fan of Harry Potter, like, uh, I mean, th- those the music makes that whole what's, series. What's funny is... Um, you didn't f- do the whole score, though. I think you only did the first three. He did the first three, and... And obviously, you know, everyone knows the, the du, 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 that's mm-hmm. become synonymous with just everything Harry Potter now. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a lot of really awesome themes from the second and third. I th- the third one's my favorite movie. Not book, but the movie's really good. But after that, the fourth and through however many there were, um, the music was still there and it was fine. Mm-hmm. But it was almost like there weren't any real melodies. It was just kind of like playing catch up with the movie the whole time. Yeah. Like the music in the first three movies was driving the story. Yes. It was this magical sense. Yeah. Yes. And then in the four and the later movies, Mm -hmm. it's just kind of there. It's it's background music. Right. It's not driving the movie at all. Well, another thing that happened to those movies was they change directors almost every movie. So like after I think the first three, the first, I know they went through at least like three or four directors for the whole series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the first two, definitely the third one still kind of all fit under that same umbrella. Mm-hmm. 
and yeah, then after that, they each of the movie just kind of did its own unique thing. Yeah. Um, actually, I think I can't say his name because I don't speak Spanish very well, but I'm pretty sure the guy who did the later Harry Potter movies was also the director for Gravity. Oh. I think. Um, huh. Look that up. I'll, I'll keep going here with the list. Uh, number eight is Schindler's List, which I had no idea he did the score for. Oh, what? Really? No oh, idea. Incredible. Yeah. That that was a powerful movie, man. I think we watched that movie. Do you remember watching that? Oh, in school? In It was yeah, junior yeah. high school or something. Junior high, watch yeah. It. Yeah, and we had to sign a waiver. I remember that. It was bullshit. Really? It was just like, really? just let me watch the movie. Really? I don't care. Why? Why? What's so oh, offensive about that movie? I, the I fact don't know. that people died? I don't, I don't know. I mean, of course, it's, it's incredible, but like, why? Like, what in particular, if they had showed us any other movie? We watched uh, Glory, too. You remember Glory? Yeah, we had to sign up a uh, waiver oh, for that, too. Oh, we did? Really? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. What's wrong with society? I don't know. And that was back then. Because we're old now. (laughs) I don't even want to know what they have to do now to watch these movies in school. They're going to need to take uh, fingerprints. Uh, Here's one we didn't talk about. Superman. Mm, Uh, Number seven. I was never the biggest fan of the original Superman movies. Mm -hmm. Have you watched them before? Uh, Kind of. It's been a long time. Christopher Reeve is incredible, but Mm -hmm. um, I I never fell in love with the movies, though. Uh, the theme, though, the theme is absolutely out of this world. It's mm-hmm. it's best known for its scene in Seinfeld now, of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where he wins the race. It's <laughs> a great episode. Uh, but, but that's another theme that, like, everyone knows, mm-hmm. and it's just, like, become intertwined in society. Yep, and you don't even think about it, but John Williams has got his claws right in your brain, mm-hmm. right in your imagination. Uh, number six, E.T., the extraterrestrial. Um I actually haven't seen this movie that much, but I know. Oh my the god! Theme. Oh my god! I for, I know for a second theme. I thought that sentence was going to end slightly earlier. I didn't like it. No, just oh, you had, just haven't I seen never it. seen it. You know, <laughs> what's this kid doing on the bike and this little fella in the front? No, I mean, plus even if you never saw the movie, if you've seen enough movies, especially from the '90s, you saw the Spielberg productions where ET is right. It's Spielberg productions. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, where the uh, they you know fly in front of the moon, so you're aware of E.T., even if you didn't even realize it. I can't watch that movie anymore because I still cry when I see oh, it. Really? <laughs> oh, shit. This isn't recording, is it? Yeah. Oh, it's... shit. Oh, well. Oh, well. Sorry. Uh, no, come I on. I have emotions. Oh, the end? The end of the movie where he has to say goodbye to, like, yeah. his best friend? Yeah. And let's be serious. Like, he's never coming back. Right. That's crazy. And this kid's, what, nine, ten years old? Mm-hmm. Drew Barrymore's a kid in that, right? Yep. Yeah. She's E.T., Oh, she's easy. Oh, yeah, I'll have to rewatch that. I did. Yeah, funny little factoid about her. Uh, by the way, going back, uh, Alfonso Curran. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that right. It's um, all right. I have a terrible record of pronouncing names wrong. So, but you're, you're but he's company. he's come to the. He's been. I'm not sure if he's won, but he's been nominated several times now. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's number? What are we on? Number four. Number five. Oh, number five. Do, 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 or whatever the sound is. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Do, 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 do. Like, what a strange concept for, like, a spaceship to be, like, well, you know, I've only seen this, out a little song, you know? Like, yeah, well, I've, I've seen, I've only seen this movie a few times, uh, and it almost seems like the whole movie, correct me if I'm wrong, but it almost seems like the whole movie is just a build-up to this, like, melody. 
Well, that's what it is. And that's, that's, that's the whole movie is based around the melody. It's the only way that they can communicate with us because I guess so. even though math is the universal language, <laughs> mm-hmm. music is the other universal language. Yeah, well, no, and it makes a lot of sense. I mean, if we were going to communicate with another race, it would make more sense that we could do it with music or tones than we could with actual language. I mean, that does make sense. We wouldn't know what the fuck we're saying, but which is kind of what the movie hints at anyway. So, um, but yeah, definitely another one of those that I have to watch again. Uh, just have to have to find a weekend and, and plow through here. Now, see, that, that was a really good movie. I never really fell in love with it, but I did fall in love with the music. The music is awesome. Yeah. Uh, all right, so if Indiana Jones is number four, then I don't even mm-hmm. want to know what's above this because <laughs> oh, I feel bad. This is uh, – oh, I'm trying to think of what event it was. It was actually the Boston Pops um, – Fourth of July mm. this past summer. Oh yeah, and uh, and of course Fourth because of July, right? right because this is how did society- you say that? I just wasn't listening. Maybe yeah, probably the fifth of July or some date. I don't know. Uh, they had uh, people text in mm-hmm. and said, "Hey, we're gonna play a John Williams song yep. next." Text in which song? And Indiana Jones one, yeah, which I thought it was, was interesting. Well, I mean, it's because I, I remember there being other it was options. It was between Jurassic Park. I want to. I want to say Harry Another Potter John Williams. and Indiana Jones. So you really yeah. can't go wrong. Sure. Um, I mean, my favorite is Jurassic Park. Uh, at least among those, Who isn't right. Ah, oh, it's just unbelievable music. Might be one of the most watched movies I've ever. That and uh, yeah, that was one of the movies I watched when I was a kid and just terrified myself every time I watched it. But came back for more every single time. That was actually fun story. The first movie that I ever saw in a movie theater. Yeah. I was four. Oh, damn. I was, according to my parents, I was not as scared as I should have been (laughs) compared to everyone else in the audience, apparently. Did they not know what kind of movie it was going to be? I think they had some idea, but they didn't know how many, like, uh... Deaths? (laughs) Deaths. The scenes of the velociraptors. Yeah. uh, Not particularly family-friendly. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. My favorite. Without a doubt, those dude, those Velociraptors, I love those. Clever things. girl! Oh, that's a great scene. That's awesome. Unbelievable. <laughs> and you know what makes that movie? The music. Yeah, the music. Yeah, yeah. Um, Can't go wrong with that. Here, before I before I get to my next John Williams uh, point here, let's let's round out the top three. So okay, it's it's funny how I mean. <laughs> I guess this has to be number three just because of how popular it is. Well, and, and it's just another example of just how entrenched everyone is in John Williams' imagination. It's just two notes, though. I know, but those two notes terrified people. Dun, 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 this is also really old. We're talking about Jaws, by yeah, the way. Yeah, if you didn't, if you didn't already get it. Um, that was like 75 or something. So that was... People stopped going in the water because of Jaws. <laughs> like, there was a... Like a a terrified a, a shark terror epidemic in the US because people are stupid but it's like it's like so how many shark attacks happened before jaws and think about this this is like <laughs> 75 or whenever this was mm-hmm. so you're talking about the shark epidemic getting so much steam and momentum but this mm-hmm. is before the internet yeah so people would have had to have gone and seen this movie and then physically spoken to other people mm-hmm. and said hey watch out there maybe a, a giant shark lurking beneath you 
<laughs> and it's Be not just careful. like hashtag, you know, big teeth or whatever. Right, right, right. <laughs> oh, God, we suck today. All right, here's oh. number, so Jurassic Park. Okay, number two. Here, don't reveal number one because okay. it's probably going to be like what we all think. But um, yeah. So obviously the first movie is incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, second movie, also really underrated. I mean, nowhere yeah. near the first movie. And I shouldn't say the movie. Second movie, ugh, it's terrible. But the music was really, really good. I felt mm. like it really brought everyone back into like that jungle wild feeling. Yeah. Which you didn't have in the first one. Mm-hmm. But that was the only good thing about the second movie. Yeah. The third one was really good. I enjoyed the third one. Um, now, he didn't do wasn't the as the good third, as the first one. But I would say the third, I mean, not to say the third one was that bad, but it was basically like on par with the second one. Okay. And the second one's not a terrible movie. Yeah. But it's just, you know, I expected more from, it's basically like the whole Steven Spielberg, John Williams. Right. You know, they're writing from the same author, Michael Creighton. You know, I, the story just didn't translate. That's mm-hmm. okay. The thing I liked about the third one was that, number one, I was older, so I could actually go to the movies and see it. Um, you, I, you turned out surprisingly normal for seeing it at four years old. But, you know. You don't know. <laughs> the horrors. <laughs> but uh, the other thing about it was... It was just another way to get back on that island and see some dinosaurs. So I was all about it. It was a different island. Yeah, it was a different island. Okay. But it was still good. It was an island. You saw the, the newest one, right? No, haven't seen that one. Well, oh, oh man. No. It's, I, see, I, I got on this hater train for a little while. Uh, the Star Wars movies that first came out, which I have, of course, come back around on. And uh, the, the Jurassic Park movie, because... People were making such a big deal about it. Something inside me just was like, don't care about it. Don't care about it. <laughs> I, I feel that's been same, happening to me the more I get older here. I honestly have that same urge towards this whole like superhero, whether it's Marvel or whether it's like the Superman, Batman movie. Mm. I just have like this urge instinct, like whether it's good or not. My body is just like, just don't care about it. Don't yep. care about yep. it. Everything will be fine. The world will still rotate. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Don't care. I heard that movie was terrible. Which one? The the Batman Superman. See, I've heard mixed things. Just like I've heard about a lot of movies that I then go see and I'm like, that was awesome. Um, I think there's just a lot of haters. And that's why like, I stay away from it. I'm just like, I don't even want to watch it. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't know what it is. I think, it's, I think I figured it out during the Star Wars, when the Star Wars movie came out, is that I just wanted to enjoy it on my own time. I didn't like the fact that there was this train of um, just like, this is the thing to do right now. It's like, I'm going to do it whenever I want to do it. All right? Like, I'm going to watch the movie when I want. It'll be a few weeks afterwards, so it's not packed, and I can actually enjoy myself. You know, and I want to watch the movies again. So until I did that, I was like, staying out of it. See, I'm totally biased because when you say Star Wars, I was all in like the mm-hmm. first day. Oh my god, I gotta yeah. like you know, rethink my life after seeing this movie. <laughs> Maybe not so much, but and then of course when all the superheroes, which are like just as popular mm-hmm. in society and amongst people, yeah, see, the superheroes movies, I, I'm all in for the know, most part. I, I liked Iron Man. I loved all the Iron and, Man, and that's it. Oh, I loved every single Iron Man that's been out. 
I didn't even watch the second two because at that point I, I want to be like, Tony Stark. I, I put up the wall. Well, who doesn't want to be Tony Stark? <laughs> Tag saying, I want to be God. Yeah. Except he's cool and he's in a metal suit. That's what I'm saying. And he can fly. He can fly. Yeah. All so, right. Moving on to number one. Of course. Think about it. Think about it. John Williams. Number one movie theme Star Wars. <laughs> I wonder I, I never actually looked this up. I wonder if he composed that because it's like obviously not John Williams. Right. Uh, well it's also it's ish. A, <laughs> it's also a really interesting choice for a Starport can, cantina that they're playing an American Art form. <laughs> They're playing jazz. It's like how did how did American jazz? Yeah, that's that's well, redundant. How it, did jazz get to this, this port spaceport? Like it was really really influential. Yeah. So influential mm-hmm. that it somehow skipped back in time mm-hmm. and influenced you know these weird America. looking. Yeah, weird looking things. <laughs> a long, long time ago. And I do love how they're all playing these instruments that, like, God knows what the hell they actually are. You know, one guy's, like, mm-hmm. got, like, this weird looking, like, cymbal thing that he's using with his hands. And- oh, yeah. I, I, I watched the movie the other night just to, to get a fresh take on it again. And, like, it, it's – that whole scene is just so weird. Like, the things that they're using as instruments, mm-hmm. none of those should actually work as instruments. They're like, what the hell is that thing? Is that, <laughs> is that like, an electric bassoon? Looks like he's playing a radiator. <laughs> And then, of course, it just sounds like, you know, the xylophone and the saxophone. Mm -hmm. And, oh, okay, this makes sense now. Now, uh, when I first, I think I was in third grade, and they were asking us if we wanted to play an instrument, what instrument do you want to play? Because I think third grade was like recorders or something like that. Yep, third grade. Um, So third grade, they're like, if you want to play an instrument, you got to pick one. And, of course, I was in love with Star Wars. I was watching it like every day. And I was like, I want to play whatever instrument that alien was playing <laughs> and and like I, that's how i asked it to the music teacher like she even came to our house and i was like i want to play that and she's like the bassoon and i'm like yeah sure <laughs> and she's like well you'd have to learn the clarinet first which isn't true but you know i think she was trying to she's let trying me to make my own you decision in some different direction she, she did the right thing <laughs> <laughs> and uh these are the instruments you're looking for exactly and uh, I was like, ah, oh. I was like, I don't want to have to learn something and then learn something else. That's going to take time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then I thought about it and I just came to the trumpet. And I mean, it makes complete sense now. I mean, like you've seen this and anyone who's played instruments or played in the band or anything like that. When you're around enough people to play instruments, you can almost tell what instrument they are. Like, it goes with their personality. It's very interesting. It's almost like in Harry Potter, the wand chooses you. Oh, look at that. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. You know, it's funny. I never thought of it that way, but now that you said it... You're like, yeah, that's a clarinet player. Yeah. That's a, that's a drummer. There's no doubt that's a oh, drummer. He's a tuba player. <laughs> <laughs> there are signs that you're a tuba yes, player. Yes, yes. <laughs> Definitely signs where, like, someone's playing the alto sax as opposed to the baritone sax. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's definitely the percussion players. You know a percussion player when you see one. Mm-hmm. 
if they have a strange blank look on their face and they're always drumming on something yes yes <laughs> always even if they only have their fingers they're, they're drumming on something <laughs> even if it's their knee oh my god uh but um yeah so oh and the only two instruments that really don't make any sense like you can't really guess a personality on are the guitar and uh piano those two it's kind of like ambiguous like like well, those are like almost you like... You can't pick the, someone out of the crowd and be like, you're a piano player. Those are like the grandfather instruments, though. Like, mm. before there were a lot of other things, there well, not, you know, the modern-day guitar and piano right. as we know them, but, like, their predecessors. Mm-hmm. Like, there weren't too many instruments around back in the day, but there were piano yeah. things and there were guitar things. Mm-hmm. So, you basically picked, like, one or the other, or you worked in the field or something. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. Back then, if if you didn't come from a wealthy family, your options were work really, really hard to hopefully, like, well, number one, feed yourself and your family, but, you know, just... Or you could learn an instrument to entertain the wealthy. And then, yeah, and then you're in. Yeah. You're on the other side of the road. You made it. <laughs> actually, I was, I was listening to an interview with uh, Jamie Foxx, and uh, that's actually how he got into it. He's like, he... Um, was before I think he played piano and he sang, um, mm. and that's how he he got himself in everyone's view. Man, it's it's amazing. He's he's a cool dude, man. It's a really cool dude. But we're talking about John Williams. So, uh, but Jamie Fox, if you want to come on, I mean, please send send me an email. We can we can work something out. Um, yeah, back to Star Wars. Um, Star Wars, the music from that movie. <clears throat> It's one of those movies that it's just the music, especially the first one. We were talking about this. The, with the first movie, the music just drives everything about it. And it's almost like when it's almost like they filmed the movie, and then once they had it edited, they had John Williams score the whole thing, like classic, like the way they they used to do that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh. It's amazing the pace of that movie because I was paying attention to that the other day. Like, there's no breaks in that movie. You are just like getting like thrown through this whole thing, and you're just like, oh my god! Like that first scene, especially. Like I, I, I've heard it now that I'm older, and I've seen some like TV shows depict it. Like when they first showed Star Wars in the theaters, like that '70s show does a great. Uh, yep, like yep. of what it was like to see Star Wars the first time, and like just that opening music with the French horns screaming over everything, and the and what I'm guessing are uh, the oh damn, well after huge the- percussion and stuff, and 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 flutes and clarinets, you know, trilling and stuff like that, and then this huge ship with flashes, lasers. You're just like, what is going on? This is not how you expected any movie to start. No. No, it blew everybody away. And I, I did they expect it to be that big of a movie? Because, like, I don't know. Uh, it, they definitely had the budget, right? They definitely had the budget for this movie. So they obviously, someone knew or someone just had a feeling that it was going to be huge. I think the movie like it obviously turned out to be a huge success, but I think the movie like basically just got by. Like uh. they used every last penny. And and you know, they had a lot of money, mm-hmm. but 
definitely not as much as like the second and third movies because you know you need to set the bar somewhere first right um they definitely didn't know it was going to be as big as it turned out to be yeah and it, like so isn't there uh lucas arts or whatever the the well ever since well when disney bought them out right. they wiped out lucas arts they made all oh. the old like video games all those okay. there were some awesome games back well, then well yeah i guess my question was was lucas arts like something that was created during this first movie no 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 no, no? That, oh, was, that was like a post that was definitely like aimed i'm not even sure if it was i think it came out after the movies did it was hmm. really geared towards like Oh, now that there aren't going to be any more movies, right. now we need to figure out how we're going to how keep do we this keep going. Money? <laughs> yes, where is the money? Yes, show me the money. Um, what else? What else? I don't know, man. This movie, the more these movies, the more I watch them, especially the New Hope and Emperor Strikes Back. I mean, the the music alone in those, and and that album I talked about in the beginning of the episode. I'll, I'll read the name of it right now. Hold on. Uh, it's John Williams conducts music from Star Wars. I wish all albums were as straightforward I mean, as that. Yeah, thank you. I, now I know exactly what I'm looking for. Green Day um, plays shitty music. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, they, I'll just read through the, the Star Wars. He doesn't do all of them, but he picks uh, some specific ones. And it's it's really cool to get John Williams' take Um conducting an orchestra that he knows so well like you get his basically what at this time what his idea of what this should have sounded like was What's funny you say that though uh and up until the it wasn't the london symphony orchestra that did the the last movie but he conducted the pops the pops though they're not like this uh they're like you know the fun the fun group, they mm-hmm. play for all the, the families and, and whatnot, all the people that come right. out of the symphony hall. Um, but there's the Boston Symphony Orchestra. They're mm-hmm. the more serious group. Yes. But it's not even them. It's the London Symphony Orchestra. Mm-hmm. They're the orchestra that Williams worked with throughout that entire stretch. Oh, wow. So even though he knows all these songs, you know, he obviously wrote them all. He knows mm-hmm. these songs pretty well. Uh, it's funny how... You hear all these like slight nuances where it's the same. I'm sure it's like the same arrangements, mm-hmm. but it's just different musicians and their own. Like if every musician plays their part a little differently than the last guy, right? And it all sounds like different mm-hmm. in a good way. Yeah, yeah. And and this whole album has it's really cool because the for the most part the instrument makeup of the orchestra is the same throughout. So it's it's really cool having the same, more or less, players play through all these songs. Because, again, it's Star Wars, it's Close Encounters, it's E.T., it's uh, Alien, Battlestar Galactica, Star Trek, both the television show and motion picture themes, Twilight Zone, and all the planets. So, uh, you know, you've got these, you've got French horns, trombones, trumpets, violins, I'm guessing cellos, um, an entire percussion section, uh, flutes, I'm guessing some piccolos, um, and just, they're all so amazing. The triangle. The triangle. You gotta have the triangle. Uh, I don't know if there's a cowbell, though. I can actually, 
I am such a big John Williams nerd. I can point out one slight moment where they use a triangle really? in the uh, – <laughs> And I, it's not on this. Oh, you know what it actually is? Parade of the Ewoks. You know, dun, 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 Can I just say dun, 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 dun. that song infuriates me? Why? I, there's this one part where it's like, just right after that part where it's dun 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 dun, dun, dun and it's like dun, 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 dun. it's the worst. Like I don't know. I hate the tone they took because it's like you know it's an Ewok, and it's ju- it just I don't know. Look, look, John Williams wasn't really given much to work with. I understand this. I'm not blaming John Williams. (laughs) George, what are we going to have in this movie? Well, John, uh, half the movie is going to be on this forest world with all these uh, upright chipmunks. Excuse me? Chipmunks. So what are we talking here? Are these like giant chipmunks? Are these... Oh, oh, sorry. I forgot to say they're called Ewoks. Okay. And, uh... They don't really speak any language. They're kind of uh, barbaric. All right, I can work with that. So we we thinking like dark tones. Are we thinking we're re- this is this is going to be a battle? No, I want you to make it as childlike as possible. I want you to completely undermine everything that I've worked so hard to create in this saga. Go. So, okay. All right. I'll see what I can do. You actually did quite well because <laughs> if it was anything else, if the music was taken away, uh, it would just be like these like furry, ugly children, mm-hmm. uh, basically like children of the corn, except they're uh, in Star Wars. Yeah. Now I meant I meant to say this earlier um, when we finished our top ten. One of my earliest memories of John Williams, I saw him at the old old uh, Tweeter Center. When it was called, oh, like it was man. like it was like five names ago. I couldn't tell you what it was called yeah. now. It changes all something time. woods. I'm not sure. Yeah, great woods, great woods. Yep. There you go. Yep. Um, uh, I was like seven or so. I went with my parents, and it was John Williams conducting, and it it was the Boston Pops. That's a cool place to see him. Yeah, it was really yeah. unique. Um, and they had a big screen that came down, and what they did was they were playing the music during. You know, to line up with the movie. Oh, that's so now, cool. Now, they somehow had – they must have really gone back to like the original movie and right. the original audio tracks. And they removed all of the music and wow. kept in all the Nat sound and the dialogue. But what they did, which still sticks with me so clear, mm. is they would play it once through without the music. So they would say, here's the scene in Jaws – Oh, so they went through the movie like scene by scene. Kinda? They they took like the some of the most famous scenes in oh, like you know man. the the William Spielberg movies, and they said, okay, here it is without the music. And he just saw Jaws, and he's just kind of swimming around, and <laughs> and then someone gets pulled under, and it's really not all that amazing. And then mm-hmm. they put the music in, and it's like, oh my god, I'm gonna piss my pants. Uh, so they just dissected like everything. That's a, that's such a cool thing to go to. There was another scene like that really, really sticks with me. And keep in mind, I was seven. I don't remember anything else about being seven yeah. or 17 or any other age. Uh, we were talking about the scene in The Empire Strikes Back when they're flying through the asteroid field. One of the best moments in music slash like movie. Like, like uh, I, you have to listen to the song. I wish we could play it, but uh, we don't have the rights, so... Go listen to it yourself. <laughs> I think it's the best. It's probably only like 30 seconds worth of music. Mm-hmm. I think it's the best thing that he ever did. Yeah. It's hard to say because if you come back to me tomorrow, I'll probably give you a different answer. Yeah. 
But what they did is they removed all of the music. So you see the Falcon and it's roaring through. And then you see the little TIE fighters and they're just like, pew, pew, pew. (laughs) And then one of them gets hit by a big asteroid and it goes away. And there are a couple more. And it's just like, wow, this is so anticlimactic. Mm. There, this is actually kind of embarrassing. Like, and it's not the same as just putting it on mute, right. because then you lose all sound. It's different, but like when you have that sound there, you have the, the voices, you have the sound effects, and yeah, it it, it really is amazing what one without the other is like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's one other before we move on. There was one other uh, instance where they did the same thing. They dropped the music. And it was in Jurassic Park when they they just arrived at the park, mm-hmm. and they pull up in their jeep, and the jeep stops, and and uh, and, they, they, and he oh. says, "Oh, stop here, stop here!" Yeah. And he comes out, and he uh, and they look at the is it the Brachiosaurus or yeah, the, the Brontosaurus, the long yeah that yeah. thing. Um, he says, "Welcome to Jurassic Park," and then the music and he's and they're looking across the towards the lake. And they're all the the other dinosaurs coming out. Yeah. So now imagine that, like, without any music at all. And they're all just kind of, like, awkwardly stopped. And they're like, oh, we shouldn't be here. Oh, there's a dinosaur. Cool. There should be music here. (laughs) It was just, it's funny how that's probably, I mean, it has to be where my Williams uh, fandom began. Oh, easily. Oh, yeah. That That's, oh, man, that. I wonder if there's a, there's got to be a video somewhere of that. It's just, it's incredible how that stuck with me. I'm really happy it did. Oh, no, mixed, dude. Yeah, that's an incredible thing. Like, so, and it was John Williams too, right? Mm-hmm. That's, I, that's so crazy that, that he did that back in the day. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, think about it. It wasn't, you know, you weren't the only one there. Imagine how many people that day. I was the only one there. <laughs> I mean, a, my parents were there. amazing. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, that that's incredible. I really don't have much more to say about that. Not to brag, not to brag. So it, uh, these tickets were given to me by my old piano teacher. Oh, cool. Uh, and she didn't really know John Williams, but she is a member of the Boston Pops, mm. and she kind of got me to. I actually, this is really bad. I don't really remember this part happening, but I did meet him very briefly. Cool, like really briefly. That's sick. Uh, I got his autograph. Nice. I'm really pissed that I don't remember this actually taking place, but I still have the autograph, and I know it happened. Good for you, John. Yeah, so, yep, hit my peak at seven years old. <laughs> it's up <all> downhill from <laughs> here. A, sl- a shallow hill. Yes. But still yeah, a Very, very gradual yes. decline. Yes. Slowly gain momentum. So are there any other composers who can even even say they're in the same ballpark as John Williams? I can't think of any. The fact that you can't, and, and honestly, there are a lot of really great composers out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll talk about him a little bit, too. Michael Giacchino, he's done so many movies recently. He actually did the latest Jurassic Park movie. Okay. Uh, he actually did a really good job with it, too. I was really happy with that soundtrack. Mm-hmm. He also did the new Star Trek movies. Oh, okay. I love second one. Yeah, yeah. But the first one, uh, like the movie was really good, and the music was really good too. It was Mm -hmm. really upbeat. The new theme, you know, not as memorable. No, 
No, and, and let's and let's move on to Star Wars because that's another sci-fi film with where the music is Star Trek. Star, Star Trek, just, just you sci-fi don't wanna, in general. Just you, yeah, Star Trek, right? Yeah, Star Trek. You don't want to upset anyone here. Why? I, I don't know. Aren't they supposed to hate each other? <laughs> the 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 Trekkie people and the and the Warry people. I don't know. Star Wars. People. I mean, I have no problem poking poking fun to, to start a little trouble, but uh, no, I, I think that feud's gone. I like feuds, though. Yeah. I like rivalries. If it's a good rivalry. I mean, that's definitely... I mean, there's really... I mean, as far as nerddom goes, Star Wars, Star Trek, I mean, there, there's no better feud. But... And we were talking about this before the show. Like, what happened? Like, why don't the two sides hate each other? Why do I... Yeah. If I was to consider myself like a Star Wars fan, mm-hmm. why do I love the new Star Trek movies? Why is it okay for you to like the new Star Wars movies? Why is someone allowing me to like this? I don't understand this. What someone happened? needs to stop me. What happened to our control? <laughs> We're out of whack. Oh, I don't know. The Maybe it's just that there's so... Like, nerddom just fractaled and, like, blew up in so many different directions that it's like... Why do we have to pick one? It's also you know? be, like nerdism. Mm-hmm. I'm also totally just pulling this out of my ass because I, I really know nothing about being a nerd. Mm. I guess I am one, but I, I just never acknowledged it. Yeah, it's really become mainstream almost. It's you the know? age of the nerd. Like no one yells out "nerd" yeah. anymore because like everyone's kind of a nerd. Yeah, and if you're not a nerd about one thing, then you're a nerd about something else. Mm-hmm. Oh, especially today when you have access to. Literally anything at your fingertips, like, you can be a nerd for anything. Mm-hmm. You're a nerd for football. If you play fantasy football, guess what? You're a nerd. Don't say that. You're a nerd. You're, you're playing Dungeons & Dragons for football. That's what this, it is. This has changed my life. This has changed my life. I wish I was the first person to ever think of that, but I wasn't. Um... Yeah, I'm uh I'm still trying to uh trying to be okay with the fact that I'm a nerd. And I know why why would that even be a problem? I literally host a show talking about space. I'm talking to you about sci-fi movies and I do this every week. I 3D print stuff like I went to school to be not an engineer a nerd. like no, definitely no, not, not a nerd. No, no. It's not enough. No. Um, no, you're not like constantly wearing like the costume of your, your favorite well, and that's, characters. Yeah. I don't have a pocket protector <laughs> and glasses taped in the middle. <laughs> no, but it's funny how the, the image of nerd has gone from that. That mm-hmm. was the nerd, the kid who used the calculator. Mm-hmm. Nerd. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, well, yeah, not only does everyone use calculators now, but like everyone is a nerd. Yeah. They, they outnumber a lot of people, but you know, I think. If I was going to take a wild guess, which, I mean, why not? Just go for it. Um, I think they were always nerds. Just back then it wasn't cool to be a nerd, so nobody really ever really went for it. Plus, I mean, now you can go headfirst into your nerd, and like we said, with the internet. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that makes it a lot easier. I, I don't know what it is. Why? Like, I was thinking about this the other day. Like, I think... I'm still working on it, but I, I don't know why I'm not okay with being a nerd on some things. Well, because the word nerd it has a negative connotation. 
I guess so. But I don't know if it's the word or if it's just I haven't completely just committed to it yet. The word, well, it's actually two words. All-star, <laughs> that doesn't have a bad connotation tied to it. Mm-hmm. Nerd does, you mm-hmm. know? Maybe that's it. And it's just, it's the way that society has painted that word. Just a word. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to it. Yeah, but I guess even more than that, I think it's what I think the word is. Well, what do you think the word I is? I don't know yet. I'm still working on that. But this is cheaper than a psychiatrist or therapy, so <laughs> we're just going to do that. Self-therapy. Yeah, so if, Warning, if you have any work. thoughts on uh, why I don't think it's cool to be a nerd, uh, please send them in at uh, todayinspacepodcast at gmail.com or uh, Twitter me at uh, ELGR3CO, El Greco. Hashtag nerd. Question mark? No, I just, no. no? Oh. I, I don't know. <laughs> sure. Can you even put hashtag? Can you put question marks and hashtags? I don't think, I think so. I think so. I don't know. That's something for a nerd to answer. Yeah, let's ask sure. a nerd. Yeah. Well, and that's another thing too. Back in the day, when you were a nerd, you were a nerd about specific things. You knew math. You knew science, and you played a card game or you know uh, Dungeons and Dragons or something like that. You know. Then video games came, and then there was the video game nerds, and then, I mean, well, there, was, there was always the comic book nerds, but they could be closet nerds because they could just <laughs> they could just keep their uh, their comics in their closet or in their room, and you know you'd never know. I don't know. I'm a nerd. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I'm st- I'm still working on it. It's funny how I really didn't come around to it until only a couple of years ago. And then when mm. I realized it, I'm like, oh, I guess I've always been a nerd. Yeah. I'm like, it's okay. I'm cool with it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I was on both sides of the track, though. I think that was w- what's weird for me. I was on both sides. Like, I was a sports kid. I was on. I was all over the place. A sports kid, a music kid, a science kid. Like, uh, and I think, I think maybe it's because I've been split. The whole time I've mm. done like thirds in each. I'm not used to putting it all in one basket. Yeah, you really do need to like devote your entire life to being a nerd in order yeah. to be a nerd. Well, and I've been doing this whole thing this last year uh, with the second year of the show. Um, is really living my brand. So I've been diving headfirst into as much space nerdism that I could uh, in all fronts, like the actual stuff, the sci-fi stuff, um, and and all that, everything space, that I don't think I was... I've never gone that deep into nerddom. So this is new waters for me. (laughs) This is new waters for me. It's uh, it's awesome. I love every minute of it. But um, I don't think... Excuse me. I don't think I'm going to get better until i fully commit so that's that's what this year is is committing to my brand you will be saved by the nerds (laughs) god i hope so when the judgment day comes (laughs) you will be carried away by the nerds you've done enough in the eyes of the nerd (laughs) and the code of the nerd to enter nerd nirvana because it has to start with an n 
maybe one. <laughs> this guy with his inhaler. <laughs> Gotta have that guy. Gotta. Um, let's see. Uh, speaking of Star Trek, um, I watched uh, The Wrath of Khan uh, this week, too, in preparation for the show. Who? Khan! Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> Uh, I've been, I, but all week I've been calling it Rathacon, which is like Shaka Khan. I've been like, what are you talking about? Rathacon? No, Wrath of Khan, um, which is one of my fi- like all time favorite Star Trek movies. And it, it's interesting, like, um, one of the big differences between Star Trek and Star Wars is that, especially with the movies, because if you compare the movies, that's really the only way you can compare Star Wars and Star Trek. Um, because it was a TV series. The TV series established the characters. The movies just had to put those characters in situations mm-hmm. where Star Wars, you're building the characters while you're putting them in situations. Right. Um, so Wrath of Khan was about Kirk. It was the whole, the whole cast was getting older. The characters were getting older. So, of course, Gene Roddenberry was writing about um, getting older. He was talking about himself. He was getting older. How do you deal with death? And, and just old age and things like that. So that's what Kirk was going through. And um, Star Trek Nine, so very tired. <laughs> <laughs> Man, what is it, the last movie? Kirk actually like has an argument with God or something like that? I don't know. They, they <laughs> ran out of ideas at that point. Um, I don't think I've ever actually seen that one. Um, but yeah, Ratha Khan was very interesting because he goes against his, without a doubt, the most difficult in- enemy they've ever faced. They always ended up on the losing end of that stick, even if they won. Mm-hmm. There was always losses. And um, it was almost like Kirk... Of course, it's fantasy, but it's almost like the perfect scenario. <laughs> Nobody's supposed to know that. It's always the perfect scenario where it's like... And this happens in, in sometimes in life. It's like, you know subconsciously like something's coming and you just like he was like pretending to be an old guy again like but also just super depressed because his birthday came and he knows he's old but doesn't really want to admit it he's not he's not living his brand he's not living uh as an older person he's he's not living because he still thinks he's young even though he isn't um so he didn't come to terms with it and one of the big uh lessons from that movie was um, that Kirk never ever had to deal with death because he was always so good at cheating it. You know, the whole um, Kobayashi Maru test, he had to take it three times, I believe, in the original series. Um, and he beat it because he reprogrammed the, uh, the code for the test so that there was no no-win situation. By the scenario. way, by the way, did yeah. we ever ever think that he was actually capable of that? Like, I get it; it makes the story work. But like, oh, they could program. When you take ah. a step back, like, okay, he's a clever guy. Is he a smart person, though? I mean, there's a difference between like being computer smart and being yeah. clever. You know, hey, maybe he in may, the moment. maybe he got a few favors and uh, see few. somebody somebody uh, doesn't somebody owed him big time. You know, maybe got him laid. Who knows? It's Kirk. You know. Yeah, that's one thing that yeah. Star Wars doesn't have. I mean, they have Han Solo, but they don't have a player. But Han Solo from the first movie was already being, you know, her and him and Leia were already googly eyeing each other, even mm-hmm. though they they were pretending like they didn't like each other. You saw that hug when they were in the the garbage compactor. 
They hugged. They hated each other going into that thing, and they hugged. You knew right from there. It was over. That was it. Yep. And Hansel was running away ever since. That poor guy. Ah. Everything went downhill for him yeah. after that. Yeah, it really did. But he still had the Millennium Falcon eventually. Like, he, it always came back to him. He had Chewie. It was his bro. Yeah, he had Chewie. Mm-hmm. Is it, it's kind of sad that, that like his best friend mm-hmm. was just like... He was basically a dog. Now, he's, well, he's basically like a really, really smart, upright dog. Yeah. You know? It's pretty lonesome. With a bowcaster. Right, yeah. right, right. Good dog. Uh, it's funny how... We're talking about Star Trek. It's funny how, like, obviously, the, the show and the movie has spanned... Like decades, generations, mm-hmm. you know, so many people like it for so many different reasons. And it's funny how that music and the music from Star Wars and like obviously these the movies and the show, however you want to put them together, they've all basically like followed each other's footsteps. And obviously Star Trek came out well before Star Wars. Mm-hmm. One could say that Star Wars really like brought it to the foreground. And Did it come before Star Wars? Oh, the, the original, the TV series? Star Trek, yeah. It did, yeah, right? I want to yeah. say that was like 65, I, okay. I want to say. Uh, right, because the first Star Wars was what, 75? The first Star Wars was 77. 77, okay. Um, by the way, I, I did hear a, a rumor Uh-oh. that, is it ABC? Because that wouldn't make any sense. There's going oh, to be a new, a new Star, Star Trek. Trek. I heard that too. But that wouldn't make any sense though if no. it was on ABC, because that's Disney. You would think that... Why would they? Yeah. Why would ABC? Oh no, sorry, it's CBS. That makes, oh, okay. more, sense. That makes more sense. CBS. Um, That's such a weird one, though, because historically that doesn't make any sense for Star Trek. Like, even so, Voyager that came out. Well, let's start from the beginning. Sorry, you had 60, 66. 66, Okay, but still, that's that's early. Um, so the original one came out. It wasn't a success, numbers wise, for TV. Um, and then right when they were about to cancel it, all these letters flooded the the news stage, uh, the whoever was nerds. running it, whatever network nerds. it was. N- no, not the nerds. The nerds are the ones that send in the uh, oh, I, I the, the letters. Um, so then it came back on reruns, and then it caught the eye of people. So it was a slow start. It was not a success until it was already off the air. And then... Once that one gained traction, they did the movies, and then once they started losing steam in the movies, they decided, let's redo the series with a new look. And that's when The Next Generation came out, which is my favorite. Um, it's what I grew up on. Um, and that one did very well because it was right at the peak of when people were interested in this stuff. Um, it was at the right time. Um, it was the right people. And they kept people engaged. But then they thought, okay, let's keep riding this train, and they came out with Voyager. But Voyager was also fantastic. The music was really great in it, too. Um, and they had a great... Uh, captain Janeway was amazing as a captain. She was tough and stern, but she knew how to... She was like Picard, where um, it was someone you wanted to follow, where Kirk... Not that, not that you didn't want to follow him, but Kirk was more of the, like, I'm going to get it done guy where Picard and Janeway were more of the, you know, as a team, let's get this done. Right. Just they were leaders. Two different styles. Kirk is like, 
you know, loose cannon. Kirk's the rah 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 guy, you know that that you run in line with into battle, you know. Um, but with Voyager, they ran into the issue that that era just became it. Sci-fi as a genre kind of really became its own thing, but it became a niche thing, and they mm-hmm. kind of fell into that. And I'm sure that when it came out had something to do with it too, like the timing of it. And I think they also tried to bill it as the same as the next generation, but it wasn't, that wasn't what that series was. It wasn't the next generation. It was Voyager. It was a different show, you know? So, um, it's going to be very interesting to see how they try and sell. That's, I think that's going to be their big problem is they don't sell this new Star Trek series as what it actually is, then it's going to flop big time. Honestly, it's just, it's sad. It's a cash grab. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the, these movies yeah. and the next one is coming out this summer. I've, I've read not crazy good things about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, also like totally d- same, uh, cast. Yeah. Different, uh, so the same as the movies, huh? No, 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 no. Sorry. Oh. Sorry. The, oh. the third movie, Oh, right, it's coming right, right. out this year. Mm. Same cast, mm. essentially. J.J. Uh, Abrams isn't really involved. It's actually, um, it's the guy who... He's busy, man. He's making some great stuff right now. Yeah, he's got a couple things in his plate. Yeah. Um, the guy who has been doing some of the Fast and Furious movies. Mm. I think his name's Jeremy Lin. Yeah. Um, he's actually, I'm a fan of all of those. There isn't a bad one in my mind. Usually, with those, I'm like, I like every other Fast and Furious movie. Okay. So actually, that doesn't work either because I liked no. one. I didn't like two or three. I, I saw two the other day for the for since the first time in a long time. I really liked it. Two is okay. Uh, it's it's okay. It's amazing that they bounce back from two. Let's put it that way. Yes. Yeah. Uh, now it's coherent and all. I still haven't seen the latest one, mm-hmm. but I saw five and six. The latest one was seven, right? I think. Yeah. Yeah. Five and six were both really good. Tokyo Drift's my favorite. You know, it's sad. That's like my least favorite one. Really? Yeah. Huh. It, well, it's just because of how like distant it is from the rest of them. Oh yeah, no. Like as far as like the timeline goes, like Tokyo Drift is like the sixth or like yeah, I think it's the sixth movie, <laughs> fifth or sixth movie in the series. But it happened like third. <laughs> it doesn't have the rock. Therefore, this is true. Dismal. This is dismal. True. Mm-hmm. He really turned that around. Like, just inserting him into those it movies. It kept the momentum going, yeah. Wow, like, talk about someone with, like, no acting talent at all, but all the charisma in the world. Well, when you think about it, I mean, he got it all from wrestling. Of course he did. Yeah. I mean, he's, like, a terrible, terrible actor. But, <laughs> but wow, like, everyone, including I myself. I do not support the opinions of my friend John, uh, but he is an American and is allowed to have them. Don't come after me, Dwayne Johnson, please. <laughs> no, Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson's the man he's not gonna come after you no but like isn't he one of the most like anyone can watch him and be entertained by him i oh, love yeah. his stuff he's he's an amazing guy too but oh like, man his stuff online where he he works out and he like i loved his oh he's insane oh, with that stuff he's, he's amazing he's amazing but look at this we're just like why should we be caring about what he does because he's the man yeah he's the what man he wants to do Let him terrible do actor awesome person <laughs> he's a terrible actor like arnold schwarzenegger's a terrible actor Yes, yes. Yeah. They're basically yeah. the same. Yeah. In, you know, obviously they're totally different. In different ways, yeah. Right, but... But no, like, honestly, like, there's so many bad movies that Arnold Schwarzenegger came out in. None of them are really his fault. 
Um, he was riding riding the wave. I mean, why not? They want to put you in a movie? I'm not going to say no to a movie, so why should he? Um, did they all work out? No. But the ones he does have that are amazing, I mean, just to name three off the top, Terminator, Kindergarten Cop, and True Lies. Those three movies alone are incredible. We mentioned Jerry Goldsmith earlier. He actually did the music for Total Recall, too. Oh, which, that's an amazing like, movie, too. I guess uh, that is a sci-fi movie. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah, they go to Mars. He's a secret agent. They go to Mars, but, like, that's it's not... It's a sci-fi movie in the fact that it's got terrible CGI <laughs> for, like, like when he, like, takes the probe out of his nose. That right there is a sci-fi scene. Oh, if absolutely. you see that, you know it's a sci-fi movie. Um... With Roth, Wrath of Khan, Wrath of Khan, uh, had where the, the leeches went into their ears. Mm-hmm. Some of the worst CGI uh. you'll ever see. But for whatever reason, <laughs> like, you see it and you're like, ah, this is sci-fi. This is so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, I mean, you take out Star Wars because I don't really think Star Wars is sci-fi. That's more of like a, like a fantasy opera. Yeah. yeah that doesn't it's, count. It's Total true. Recall, favorite sci-fi movie. Total Recall is great really is it's it's so gritty too like like there's just swears all over they swearing all through that movie like you can't watch that movie on tv no, and get the whole not. like basis of that movie because they're cutting out so much of it like that movie was raw when that thing came out like it, it was definitely i mean it was got to be 80s right Oh, yeah, that's, uh, I want to say, like, 88 or something. Now, just to be clear, we're not talking about that Colin Farrell piece of shit that came out a couple (laughs) years ago. What an embarrassment. (laughs) Like, talk about one movie that did not need to be remade, especially when you have Arnold at the helm, and you try to replace Arnold with Colin Farrell, who, like, like, I have no problem with him. But you go to him and you say, hey, we're going to use you uh, we're going to put you into the same role that Arnold was in. Oh, 1990. Dude, 90. 1990 had so many great movies that came out. We don't even have time to go into it right now. But look look up the list of movies that came out in 1990, especially the ones that were uh, nominated. It's unbelievable. But, um, yeah. Well, let's let's go back to that. Let's talk about why are they – why do we keep remaking everything? Are, are there no more writers in it's Hollywood? It's easy. It's easy to remake something. Like, honestly, like, it's it's ridiculous. Like, the amount of money they're going to spend remaking one movie, they could make three decent original movies. No, it's it's really difficult because... Am I thinking about it too much as an engineer? This is really cliche, but, like, there are a lot of good ideas, and a lot of them have already been used. Mm-hmm. And, and even if you have new original ideas, there are always going to be comparisons to older stories, movies, whatever. There's always going to be something that it reminds you of. But it's really easy to make, you know, a reboot nowadays mm-hmm. because when you think about and it's sad, but everything's driven by the dollar, especially the the movie industry. Right. So when you're uh, you know, on the board of any of these distributors and saying, "We want to get a movie out there. How are we going to bring people into the theaters?" Well, so if, and that's my point is is this is the point that we're at that money is driving these movies and not creativity not yes. making a great movie let's make a movie that brings us money 
Not to go back to this other piece of shit that came out, but mm-hmm. and sorry, Batman Superman it made a hundred and seventy some odd million dollars in its opening weekend. Okay, how now, much did it cost? I don't know. It doesn't okay. matter. But it made more in its opening weekend than any of the Christian Bale Batman movies. And I'm totally biased because I'm all anti this superhero movement that's taking place. <laughs> but I do love those Christian Bale movies. Those are some of my favorite movies. Yeah. So I have no hope in society. The fact that these people are flocking to the theater to see this, frankly, piece of garbage. Uh, sorry, I'll never go and see it. So maybe it's beautiful. Well, John, the reason I have you on here is because uh, we don't necessarily agree on everything. So I like having opposing opinions. We can actually have a conversation. I hate having opposing opinions. <laughs> Absolutely hate it. Won't well, get used to it. Anyways, let's see. Uh, oh, is this an old article? Why does it do this? Anyways. Don't you hate Google sometimes? Yeah, it's like, why would you send me an old article that... This is, is the not... most relevant article. Anyways. Oh, Google. I'm not going to even give you guys a number. This is just silly. I think it's too late now. Um, my brain's not working that Let's well. just never speak of that movie ever again. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, so I'm not going to give my opinion yet. Batman wins. No, Superman wins. <laughs> Spoiler alert. No, Robin wins. Oh, God. You mean he's in it? He's not even in the title? I don't know, but I'd, I guarantee Robin's in that movie. I really have no idea. If anyone <laughs> thinks you I watch s- it? No. <laughs> but, like, it's it's really easy to predict. Like, okay, they have Batman and they have Superman. Okay, that's, that's no a good point. No one can point. win. That, that's a good point. And I've heard this brought up before where it's like, you know the hero's going to win. But they're both heroes. Right. But it's like, it's like you know one's not going to kill the other one. So it's like, you already know the end of the movie, but why do you go and watch it anyways? Uh, I don't know, because my friends like superheroes too. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I love the superhero movies. I I think it's watching them go through the struggle of it. I think that's what I like the most. But you're talking about this whole money driving the music and movie industry, mm-hmm. and that is like by far the biz- the biggest example ever. Oh, the comic book craze? Yeah, like when you see, like, whether it was, uh, maybe it was last summer or the summer before, um, Marvel laid out this whole plan and, like, they had this presentation. 20 years of Yeah, yeah, like, what the hell is going on? This isn't how movies are made. It's an interesting thing. I think they lucked out. I think they found their cash cow um, where, so what happened was the... Like, I know this, but uh, I'm just going to say it anyways. The technology to make it look real and make these actors look like real superheroes converged right at the right time where the movie makers were like, Shit, we're running out of ideas. We need something big. We need something big. Uh, Superhero movies. In, in 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 a way that was never been done before, they went all in. You know, but I, people I just, people want it. I, you know, and that's where I'm wrong. I am like so in the minority at this mm. point. Everyone else that I talked to was like, "Oh yeah, it was good," or like, "I loved it," or you yeah. know, "It was okay." Whatever. Yeah. No one's like, I refuse to see these. I am <laughs> actively boycotting this entire movement. <laughs> So whatever, I'll be happy on my little island. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I, I was on my island for Star Wars. I enjoyed it. 
Um, let me know, though. Let me know if any of these movies have any music that's mm-hmm. worth listening to. Because so far, I haven't heard... Hmm. Like, does Captain America have a theme that has transcended the movie and has entered society and is so intertwined now that you know you can't that's remove something? It? And that uh, preparing for the show was like listening, like watching all these sci-fi movies and actually paying attention to the music. Um, which, unless you actually take that second to pay attention, you're not going to hear it. And that was kind of like one of the interesting things I found out. So I'll have to go back and listen to those movies one more time, you know. Uh, you don't have to. Iron Man. No, no one's I forcing, will. No one's forcing you to oh, watch no, those no, movies. No, 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 no. I will, uh, and I'll report back with my findings. Um, no, it's it's uh, it's interesting because I, I yeah I don't know I don't think any of those movies have a, like a soundtrack. I'm sure they sold one, but. Of course um. they sold one. <laughs> what? Of course they sold one. <laughs> Compact disc. It was 1999. Mm-hmm. It had five tracks. Oh, yeah. They all sucked. And it was rewritable. <laughs> <laughs> Probably means nothing to someone. Oh, my God. Right. I'm, I'm sorry. I, my, I'm getting uncomfortable in my own skin talking about these superheroes so mm-hmm. much. I feel like sorry. I'm about to, like, Hulk out so right just, now. Oh. Isn't that bad how, like... I just use that as a reference. Like it's a, pretty bad. Uh, I've just like, what have I become? I think we'll get over it. I just Maybe. have to not be so angry when it comes <laughs> to these things. It's not even anger. It's just like, not yet, at least. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, uh, you're like a curmudgeon. We're both curmudgeons, really, with some of this stuff. Just, we're just getting old. Yeah, we're just stuck in our ways. Yeah. Like, don't bother me with these uh, Supermans and... What's... <sighs> Wonder Man and... Wonder Man? Yeah. <laughs> what was his power? He was wondrous. <laughs> strange power. <laughs> you don't even know how strange it is. <laughs> you can't even envision how strange Wonder Man was. I don't think I can. Hey, you know what? I, you know what? Final thought on superheroes, okay? Final okay. thought. You can right. have one more, but I'll have mine. Okay. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is yes. going to be Doctor Strange. Yes. I couldn't tell you jack shit about Doctor Strange other than, wow, that's an interesting title. Other than, like, insert something cool here. Man. Mm-hmm. Aquaman. Batman. Doctor Strange? <laughs> what? That sounds awesome. Yeah. Who the hell is this guy? Like, yeah. you clearly can't tell what his power is. Mm. I, I couldn't tell you anything about this character. Yeah. But what does Aquaman do? Who cares? Controls something the seas and some, all something the in the water, right? Because it says yeah. so in his name, of course. Okay, right? All right. Uh, but wow, I want to see that movie because I love him as an actor, mm-hmm. and it sounds strange. He was great as the uh, the new Khan. Yeah, he was good. Uh, I mean, I I didn't like that movie as much as the original. You said that before, and you know what? I didn't like it as much as the first Star Trek movie either. I mean, mm. the 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 first. The reboot. Right. Um, but yeah, even Wrath of Khan, like, that's not even, that's apples and oranges. Like, how can you compare those two? True. It's true. And, and like I said, it's it's the fact that those characters are so well established. Like, it is really impressive that on the first reboot, they nailed the characters so well because they did something fucking crazy. They 
basically created an alternate universe parallel timeline leave version. It to, leave it to J.J. Abrams oh to my God. come up with that. Incredible. He probably came up with that idea in like five minutes. <laughs> yeah. All right. What if we do this? All right. The nerds will love it. <laughs> I know I did. <laughs> Once I was, because I, I went with my dad, because my dad's the one who got me into Star Trek growing up. Um, and we're sitting in the theater and like, we're both watching it, like figuring it out. Like, Oh, that's what they're doing. And like, like picking up all the times like, Oh, he did that in the original one. Oh, but he's doing it this time. So that was fun. And seeing that for the first time was awesome. It's a great experience. It's funny. My mom was the one who got me into all this stuff. Really? My, I mean, my dad was there and he played along with it too. And he's into mm-hmm. all this stuff. But yeah, my mom. But your mom's the nerd. You know what's funny? And no, she's. I don't want to say that she's a nerd, but because I don't. That. I don't think she is. But see, she, we're, we're doing it again, though. We're doing it again. The nerd being a bad, bad thing again. No, 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 no. I, well, okay. <laughs> my mom's not a nerd. <laughs> don't talk about my mom. <laughs> my mom is like the furthest thing from a nerd, but she has this weird, not obsession, but like. Her older brother was the Star Trek guy in the family, mm. and he was the guy who, like, late 60s, they were all watching Star Trek. My mom being probably, like, mm, like seven or eight at the time. Okay. Like, she was watching it, and it, you know, just seeped into her, and then she passed it on to me. I've never actually watched... <laughs> Is it a virus? <laughs> it's a terrible, terrible virus. <laughs> I, I just sneezed all over you. I'm sorry. Oh, God. Uh... I never watched Next Generation or Voyager. Mm. I've never seen any episode of those. Oh man! But I've seen a whole. That's gonna change. I've seen a whole bunch of mm-hmm. the original Star Trek, like a lot of it, mm. like more than I'm willing to admit. I know exactly how to get you hooked into the Next Generation. You need to go to uh, what season is it? I don't remember what season it is. I want to say the end of season two, but I could be wrong. But it's the first time that. They deal with the Borg. Um, do you have any idea who the Borg is? It sounds evil. Okay. So, is he evil? So what happens is, I'm not going to give this, the episode away, but basically they find themselves with another being called the Borg. And the Borg is a huge collective of beings that were living creatures that were then assimilated into the Borg collective, which is this big computer mind, which is kind of like a huge automated race where every mind is connected and they're all one giant mind. Um, And they assimilate everything. Their big catch line was resistance is futile. So I've heard that the just the cool thing about it's, it's the season finale, I think of that, uh, of that uh, season. And they capture like talk about sci-fi. They capture it perfectly. Like I can't even imagine watching that live because that came out early '90s, maybe late '80s. I don't remember when the show started, but for that time, man, this was some like you're sitting at home like late, like getting your nerd on, and you're like, whoa, like this just got dark and crazy. Like the Borg was terrifying because like. People could be assimilated at any time, and then you were you had these robotic implants put into you so you'd coexist with your uh, organic matter with the uh, like digital. Oh my god, dude! We're watching that for sure. 
because I got I got to get you. It's so good. It's so good. And Voyagers, Voyagers, just a, just a good time. It's definitely worth the watch. So obviously, I can't envision at all what the hell Borg is mm-hmm. like physical shape. Right. So this whole time you were saying that, I was just thinking of like this giant like boar pig <laughs> creature, <laughs> just like this evil Pretty you terrifying. know boar. Resistance is futile. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to do it. That's one way to do this it. This is where my mind goes. Yeah. No, um think uh it's not exactly it, but it's a better way to think of it. Think of like the Terminator when half his face is melted off. Okay. Except that was a part that was put on him. Oh. Yeah. Think of it like that. Hmm. I like the boar. Yeah. No, that's I, I like where you went with that. <laughs> oh. But uh, holy crap, we're almost in an hour and a half here. Uh, here, let's let's all right, let's finish we're, off. We're here. gonna here. We're gonna stop at, at exactly one thirty. Okay. Here, let's let's bang out like six more minutes of music stuff. Uh, okay. All right. So I I did want to talk about um, Interstellar mm. briefly. Yeah. Now we've talked about Interstellar on the podcast oh, before. Yeah. Uh, I made it really clear last time. I. Didn't like that movie so much, mm-hmm. and then I loved it, and I've kind of like just made peace with it. And same goes with the music too. I remember specifically on the podcast, yeah, that we did, we talked about the music and the sound being like overwhelmingly loud, mm-hmm. almost to like a distracting point. Yeah, um, and then almost you couldn't even hear it at times. Right. It was yeah. just it was really all over the place, and I think we explained it so that, or I think we had read. That it was intentional. Yes, it was all intentional. Yeah. It was supposed to be like this, like unbelievable sense of outer space and like it's out of our control, mm-hmm. something like that. But yeah, that's a really, really awesome soundtrack. I've listened to it a couple times. Yeah, it's not. There's really no strong melodies, but it's mm-hmm. just like all ambient space sound, and it's, it's big really and fascinating. Expansive, like a lot of the good sci-fi stuff is like uh, Star Wars, like Star Trek. Um, you know, I think it's the total opposite of that. Yeah. It's it's really good. Mm-hmm. But there's no – the story isn't in the music. The story's mm. happening. Right. And the music is there. It's hmm. – I don't want to make it sound bad, saying like background music as if right. it's a bad thing. Right. But all of that music is background music. But man, like it's some awesome background mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, we were talking about this before the show, uh, Gravity. And we literally put on, I think it's the theme song for Gravity. It was like an overture of the music that's throughout the movie. and But it was like an overture that never started. Yeah, it was and never finished. Like, it was just, that was, a, so it's interesting because that sci-fi music was, just like you were saying, a, a background sound. But it didn't do this anywhere near what Interstellar did. No, absolutely yeah. not. Um, and in... And, and, <laughs> It's almost like, and I think you said this too, uh, Gravity almost should have been more like Castaway with Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. where like in that movie, there's music in the beginning, there's music at the end, but the entire time from the time he's crashing to the time he sees the boat, spoiler alert, there's no music. It's all the sounds that are there. I didn't realize that until I was in college. And then I rewatched it and my mind was just blown. Where did all the music go? <laughs> and 
I think gravity could have been just like that. But I don't know. I don't think that's what they wanted that movie to be. Uh, I mean, obviously not. But it's it's also totally different than Castaway in a sense that like half the movie has like – well, not half. But you have George Clooney who's mm-hmm. like Mr. Charisma and he's just mm-hmm. like happy-go-lucky and he's in space. And well, he's he's dead now but that's mm-hmm. OK because it's George Clooney. So it, <laughs> <I'll be> was, <laughs> <fine>. <laughs> it wasn't just one actress – Right. Alone the entire mm-hmm. time, and I get it. And Casper was also yeah. like really, really long. I think that was like a three-hour movie. So the fact that there wasn't any music at all was such like a huge part. Like, wow, this guy is just alone. He has nothing. Mm-hmm. Gravity was pretty quick. I think it was like yeah. ninety minutes or so. Yeah. And it you know there was fast. a yeah 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 one more time. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, the Martian. Totally different approach mm-hmm. because the music in that was all disco. Disco. It's all disco. Yeah. I really don't know why because why would – It was all disco because that's what the character uh, – I don't remember. I think Johansson, like that was just part of her character that she brought up disco music with her and because that was the only thing that was left behind. It was, it was I think, a part of the book and then, then I think they took that – and made it the soundtrack for the movie, which is not a bad approach because then not only do you have to redo the book, you also have the trouble of trying to compose music that fits mm-hmm. the, to- the tone of the book. And that's a, that's a tall order. It's funny how um, – oh, shit. I can't remember what I was going to say. Here, say something. Quick. Uh, um. The Martian music. I don't want to be. What? I don't know. Uh, the music in that movie was so um, like anti, not like against the grain, mm. but like you were in space, and if it was any other movie, you would expect like this like big like overwhelming like cinematic score, horns, strings. Yeah, and it's just like yeah. that music made it feel like goofy and like funny almost. Yeah. It was just a really different sense. Ridley Scott's weird like that, though. He'll just throw in random mm-hmm. random stuff and random times. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, for them to win an award in comedy was like, everyone was like blown away. Like, why did this science movie win com- a comedy award? Science but isn't funny. It, it was a funny movie. I don't think people like to admit it because it's a bunch of nerds, but maybe nerds, nerds! can be funny. <laughs> nerds can be funny, damn it. Not all the time, but sometimes. Not often. <laughs> trying, John. Oh, 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 sorry. Thought. And we're, thought. we're, we're 11 seconds thought. over. Last thought okay, of the show. Okay, uh, Negative connotation. Disco. Mm-hmm. Disco. People our age, mm-hmm. we have a totally negative connotation of that word. Mm-hmm. Right? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, disco. Well, disco had already died when we were born. It had. Yeah. But, like, we saw, like, the after effects of, like, you know, the disco clubs becoming, like, the strip joints and, you know, your your Whole Foods. Those are, like, the bigger, the bigger disco places. Yes. But, yeah, I think I've never heard someone speak highly of disco. Mm-hmm. I like some disco music here and there. It's okay. But, yeah, it has a negative connotation. That you're hanging out with the wrong crowds there, John. I guess so. <laughs> but, all right, let's, uh, 
Let's end it there, man. Thanks for coming on, dude. Dude, anytime. I love talking disco. Yeah. Anytime. Especially disco. Especially disco. Especially. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and have a great week. See ya.